0: Welcome to Dr. Michelle's Wild Warrior, the official podcast for body, brain, and soul. Today, I have a very special guest guest with me my good friend, a sensei of mine, a warrior woman to the nth degree, Wendy Homan a uh, bike lady, a black belt in karate, and an aficionado. So welcome, Wendy. I'm so grateful and glad to have you here. Good morning on this blustery Central Oregon morning. <laughs> yes, it is. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. I'm um, so excited to have you here um I'd love to start, you know, my podcast is about body, brain, and soul, and you represent many of those things in the in the um, ventures you've taken in your life and some of the experiences you've had, and I'd love to kind of start early on, if that's okay, with um, just some of the things you chose in your life that were exciting and different to you. I know motorcycling has been a huge part of that, so if you could enlighten us on your experience, that would be wonderful.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, Yeah, motorcycling wasn't necessarily something done by by choice, (laughs) and I couldn't even ride a bicycle very good, so it's like, oh, let's ride a motorcycle. Um, No, my now husband of 22 years, (laughs) (laughs) 20 plus, 20 plus years, um, he was pretty much raised on a motorcycle, and when we met, um, he not only was a um, wonderful, amazing downhill skier, but he also was a very active motorcycle rider and racer. And um, that pretty much encompassed his life. I mean, we had motorcycles in the house, we had motorcycles, (laughs) it was a motorcycle household, essentially. And riding was something that happened almost every weekend. And he introduced me to it literally from the day that we met, Mm -hmm. um, because we met at an event that was a motorcycling event. And um, now why did you happen to be there? Well, I was living with my roommate at the time and had broke up with this guy recently and so I was kind of bummed out and she was going to this party and it, she said, you're going to know half she <laughs> just didn't care. She put, you know, daisies in my braids. And, yeah. So, <laughs> show up and she was right and I knew a bunch of people from high school and, um, right next to the keg trailer, mm-hmm. um, was uh, a guy that I remember from high school and he was sitting next to, to Sean and I remembered Sean from high school and I was instantly self-conscious was oh like, no oh yeah I was like the daisy oh, Dukes. oh yeah I was like oh my god Sean <laughs> Homan is here you know what you know what, what is <laughs> happening what is happening uh-huh. and, uh, anyhow um, we ended up spending the better part of the afternoon together and the event was a, a motorcycle play days essentially nice right so um, you Get on a motorcycle and you ride around pylon cones and um, just do funky little things. Yes. And he he rode up on this motorcycle and I thought to myself, because he looked amazing, right? So he, now he looks super cool with his, you know, motorcycle. <laughs> the night nice, like, shining armor. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> on this vintage motorcycle. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And the event was you had to go do like a half moon around these cones and then right across a pond mm-hmm. and there was all these, um, like Tom Sawyer rafts tied together and you had to go fast enough. Cause if you went slow. Of course the rafts Insane. would sink. So you had to go fast enough to get across the pond. And then on the other end of the pond was a, a, um, like a, a like a dugout pit that had a table in the middle with a beer. Oh my gosh. And, so and you that was to, the prize. Yeah. That was a prize. <laughs> you had to slam the beer and then come back the other way. And it was for time. Uh-huh. Um, anyhow, so he rides up and I'm thinking to myself, Oh God, Please don't suck at this.
0: Cause <laughs> yes, you're already googly eyes. Yeah, I'm him. already just like.
1: Ugh. Um, he didn't suck at it. Uh, apparently not. <laughs> no, he won that particular event. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. Um, and later on that afternoon, um, there was a little tiny CT seventy, you know, with the high bent bars, and it was just a little tiny thing. And we both ended up on it, mm-hmm. and um, I was driving. And we came up on this mud pit, and he's like, "Don't go through it." and I said, "Oh yeah, we can make it. He's oh, like, no. no, we can't. We can't make it." Anyway, I you know grabbed what throttle there was and it's all Ugh. <laughs> just barely, Come on, baby. Yeah, just <laughs> and we hit that thing and hit the lip on the other side, and he went flying. and Oh I went my flying. gosh! And, that's yeah, so and great. I'm laying there laughing, and he's all upset because he, you know, I haven't crashed on a motorcycle in 20 years <laughs> ever. <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. So I pretty much thought it was like a done deal after that like okay I kind of ruined it or whatever but he called me a couple days later and showed up at my house for our first date with one of his first place motorcycle trophies oh my gosh And he had a mud queen like taped across the oh and gave it to you as as a trophy (laughs) that's adorable we've pretty much been together ever since
0: oh so sweet yeah so um and so were you instantly into motorcycling as much as you
1: were instantly into Sean no (laughs) no they were very scary um for me and the hot eye eye hand coordination and the, the brakes are on one side and the clutches on the mm. other and then oh wait you have a brake down by your foot too mm. and this all of there was just a lot going on and it was and i couldn't see very well i've always had bad vision and uh, my contacts or my glasses were outdated and so it was it was a pretty much a catastrophic mess from the very mm. beginning and lots of crashes um Ran over a guy on a three-wheeler. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just, you know, it was not fun for me, really, Mm. for a very long time. Why did you keep at it then, do you think? Um, probably because he was so patient um, and loved it so much. And you know, at first I was super jealous, you know, it's like, why, you know, why are you going motorcycling all the time? Why don't Mm -hmm. you just stay here with me and we have a weekend? And and he kind of laid it out very clearly. He said, this is what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that I love you or like you any less, but this is my thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you want to come along, that'd be great. And I will, I will show you what to do and and help you. Um, but if you don't, you can't stay home and be mad about it. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a, a fair, mm-hmm. fair thing. It's like, okay, well, okay, I'll give it a try. And met some amazing people. Yeah. Um, and loved that whole community. That was a big part of it, too. But I still kept crashing and I, you know, it just, <laughs> but he still kept pushing me and pushing me and, you know, try this motorcycle and kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me in, um, in a very good, positive way. Yeah. And always still just, you know, why are you going so fast? Why don't you ride with me? And, you know, it's just this ongoing battle. Mm-hmm. And eventually after a very long time, it kind of clicked. Yeah. Um, and which isn't to say that I'm an expert by any means, but it, it clicked. And I mean, a very long time, like seven years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and even then time. it didn't totally click then. I mean, he, I remember the first time He said, I think you should race this weekend. I was like, have you lost your mind? (laughs) How
0: come? I mean, you were just scared to do it, or it was just overwhelming, or what?
1: It was incredibly overwhelming from a mileage perspective. Okay. Um, Because one lap for the women was like 40-some-odd miles. Okay. And I think the farthest I'd ever rode at one time was like 12.
0: Yeah. And so... That's significantly different. That's significantly different.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And... it it was just a lot of pressure. And, and I, you know, the physicality part of it wasn't certainly wasn't there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have motorcycle legs to say, you know, so, but I did it and I didn't even make it to the first checkpoint. I mean, I sat on the line with my, with my female motorcycle heroes, right. The sunshine welties and the, you know, all the women that I'd seen racing out here in this, in the China hat area. Um, I'm sitting on, on the starting line with them with them and Wow, I, what a I just, crazy experience it was crazy and I my adrenaline just ruined my body mm. and I remember getting to a road crossing and one of our good friends a bunch of our friends were there cheering me on and I stopped and I was crying oh and, wow and I said I can't do it and he said yes you can you can go and I think i'd only gone like five seven miles i mean Uh it wasn't even hardly very far at all and he said i can't feel my hands oh no (laughs) and he said okay so he loaded up my motorcycle and brought me back to to the pits and Uh and that that was my first experience and that's very humbling it was incredibly humbling Mm -hmm. and um but sean you know he didn't give up he Mm -hmm. wasn't he wasn't like you know what maybe this isn't for you he said okay we had a ride it's more seat time Mm -hmm. you know and the next thing you know is racing again and then racing again and racing again and again and 24 hour racing and on teams and and it just just kind of took off
0: that's amazing do you feel like your when you finally felt like you had kind of gotten it as you said Mm -hmm. um do you feel like your love for it came in at that same time or were those two different that's a really good
1: question um i kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it still is a pretty scary experience for me. Um, because of the crashing, mm-hmm. um, I don't crash nearly as much. <laughs> That's <laughs> thankful. <laughs> um, but you know, when you're going high speeds through the forest with a hundred other people going high speeds through the forest, you know, luckily we're going all in the same direction. Sure. Um, inherent risk, really. there's a lot of inherent risk mm-hmm. with it. Um, I think probably my true love for it came after our first trip to Baja, mm. and there was there's a certain amount of mystery uh, with writing in in Baja, and the freedom that comes from high speeds and the sand and the cactus and and just the it's like the wild wild west still oh, a little yeah. bit. Um, and just that whole experience of, of riding a motorcycle in Baja, mm-hmm. I think that's truly when my love for it really kind of secured itself. Wh- how many times have you ridden down there? Our what first our first year was 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't gone every year. I can't even tell you how many times we've been down there. But
0: you know, multiple. Multiple times. In the teens, probably. <laughs> easily. Easily in the
1: teens in the, what? 14. 14 years we've been riding down there yeah Yeah. that's amazing Mm -hmm.
0: and you've got a trip coming up correct
1: we do in um february 2020 Mm -hmm. um we're doing a month-long trip um and where we're going to camp and ride off our our motorcycles and it's not a it's not a street ride we're not on street bikes we're on dual sport bikes adventure Mm -hmm. bikes so um we'll be going a lot of cross country vast majority will be cross country through the desert
0: and so you're doing your mapping and your planning mm-hmm. and all that stuff ahead of time but then you probably
1: have to go with the flow a little bit once you're there definitely go with the flow uh you have to go with the flow in Baja always right um but the mapping and the planning you know when you live off your motorcycle it's not like you can take you know 17 pairs of sh- shoes and, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> <it's like laughs> Leaving the heels behind on this one. Yeah, leave the stilettos back at home. (laughs) So it's, that's, for me, that's the fun part. It's like, do they make a miniature, you know. Toothbrush. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) exactly. It's like my backpacking days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You cut the brush handle off Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that for me is like getting my kit. We call it our kit. Getting Mm. my kit together is super exciting for me. Yeah. Sean said to me the other day, he goes, I can't wait to live off a motorcycle with you. Uh So that's going to be super cool. Um, And more than it, there there are two things that are the most important that we've talked about, about riding in Baja that you need. Gas. (laughs) Gas, <laughs> yes, and water. water I was going to say
0: you got to hydrate both yeah, vehicles, absolutely. you and the,
1: the mm-hmm. bike. And if we have those two things, everything else will come into place. Sure. I mean, there's little homesteads and little ranchos and little towns all over Baja that mm-hmm. will have pretty much anything that you could possibly need. It won't be a luxury item by any stretch right. of the imagination, but
0: your basic needs, our basic
1: needs, will be met.
0: Mm-hmm. are you going with other people's a big group or it
1: started out to be a fairly large group and then kind of dwindled down to four people and now oh, it wow. looks like we might be back up to eight uh-huh great so, yeah sounds like a good number yeah anything more than that it you know you run the risk of losing individuals mm-hmm. you know from from a terrain perspective or a a mechanical perspective right, or, or
0: a human personality
1: perspective yeah. <laughs> that can happen sometimes. Definitely happens in groups mm-hmm. under duress. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, definitely mm-hmm. under duress. And and when we did the initial invite, we had to remind everybody we are not we're not tour guides here,
0: mm-hmm. right? So right. if you
1: come down, you're responsible for your own navigation. You're responsible for your own financial well being. You're sure. responsible for your own health care. I mean, you're responsible for everything yourself. Yeah, and as are we.
0: Well, because otherwise it puts a risk on the group, you know? Well,
1: it does. I mean, and that doesn't mean it's, you know, it's going to be like, sorry, you broke down. We're taking off. No. Yeah,
0: of course. <laughs> <laughs> Help it, a sister out. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, it's, you know, kind of a no man left behind kind of, of thing. Of course, um, But hey, if you have to ride in the pick truck back by yourself, you gotta, yeah. you got to yeah, do it. you just got to do it. So mm-hmm. um, it, it, the, a lot of people say it's strength in numbers and there is for sure mm-hmm. in that. Um, but I think if the group just gets too large, then you have, yeah. you know, all of there's those. a tipping point there. there mm-hmm. is. Yeah.
0: So I'd love to, um, circle back to kind of your earlier fitness years. Cause I know, um, just from training with you on the mats that you have a pretty long standing history in, um, you know, fitness in the fitness world. And if you wouldn't mind, just give me a little history on that, so then we can move toward kind of the martial art uh, journey.
1: Sure, I wasn't um, I wasn't good at team sports. I played volleyball and basketball in high school, and I loved them both. But it just never really kind of fueled fueled me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to Sacramento, California after high school, um, and went to work for a gym down there, and was introduced literally to weightlifting mm-hmm. and. Barbells and dumbbells and Nautilus equipment and just all this whole entire new world of, yeah. of fitness and, and in the nineties um, too absolutely <laughs> yeah a hardy crew <laughs> oh yeah that's when you had parachute pants and fanny packs <laughs> and sure. the bright colors and the Miami Vice colors Heck and all yeah. that right guys walking around with a you know Don Johnson white blazer on and no yes. shirt right that whole it's thing. a good look <laughs> very good look it was back then <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, And fell in love with that instantly, Mm. Um, and but that was still literally the inception um, for me for you know Olympic lifting. Yeah. And um, now for me, we talked about this a little bit the other day. There is nothing more nostalgic for me than the smell of chalk in a barbell. (laughs) So badass. (laughs) I mean, it's (laughs) uh, it's almost as nostalgic as a campfire. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it just has it has that feel for me uh-huh. um, and when I moved back to Central Oregon from California there was this Gold's Gym was here yeah and um, I went to work there and one of one of the um, clients that would come over and train he worked across the street um, in downtown Bend at the then um, Dean Witter brokerage business okay in the financial services industry and he and I became pretty decent friends, and he said, you know, there's a there's an opening that I think you should apply for. And I didn't know anything about the financial services industry. stocks, bonds, didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And he said, you don't have to know anything, you just have to be able to type fast and have good personality when you answer the phone. I mean, it was very entry level. And um, there was an appeal to it, because there was more money, there was healthcare, there was you know yeah. a, lot, a lot of things. And Sean and I weren't married yet. Um, And so I went and applied and, and got the job. Wow. And that was really kind of my induction into my financial services career. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of sidestepped there from the, no, Uh, well, (laughs) it's also part of your badassery. So, (laughs) (laughs) so we might as well fold it all together. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, motorcycle, motorcycling pretty much took over and that was really all of the fitness that I did. And, and, um,
0: I mean, did you do like side training for that? Lifting or, or were you just mostly on your bike?
1: Mostly on my bike. Mm-hmm. Um, the cross training part of it really never never really took hold until a martial arts training. Okay. So how did you get into martial arts? Um, my husband was working out of town up in Washington during the week and I was home alone and you know, I was raised around guns, so we had guns all over our house. So from a self-defense perspective, you know, I felt like, okay, we have dogs and we have guns. And if anybody comes into our, you know, the house, I'll be okay. And then mm. one night I was laying in bed and I thought, what if somebody was able to get in here, into my bedroom, without my dogs knowing, without me knowing, Yeah. would I be able to defend myself? Huh. And.
0: Those, those were late night thoughts. Yeah, that we're right, having... when I'm laying there by myself. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> And the answer unequivocally was no. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I could. Mm -hmm. And there was a um, small dojo above Radio Shack. Um, It was a Kempo school. Mm -hmm. And he offered, you know, like three self-defense classes or whatever for women. So I took those and kind of dug it. I was like, well, this is really cool. Yeah. Um, And... Then kind of fell away from it Mm -hmm. Um, and decided to get back into it when Sean was working out of town, like get back into it hardcore. And there was, I was working for another firm in town and we were the um, Bend Chamber of Commerce ribbon cutting sponsors or whatever Mm -hmm. for for businesses.
0: You had your own set of giant scissors or what?
1: (laughs) The the city of Bend had those. (laughs) I know, I was joking. (laughs) They're the best. Yeah, that, that was dramatic. my self-defense weapon. It was the giant scissors, right? <laughs> come on in. I'm going to defend I myself. I dare you. I dare you to come in with my big scissors. Um, anyhow, I actually kind of jumped around a little bit there, but um, I couldn't make it to the ribbon cutting that day. And it was uh, one of our uh, financial advisors went, and it just so happened to be at the same place that I'd taken Kempo years, years and years before. Oh, Weird. And it was a new school and this advisor came back and he said, you have to go check out this place. Huh. He's like the, the teacher of this school, he's a young guy, he was like using these really crazy weapons that you'd only see like in Hollywood movies uh-huh. and he, it just was so fluid and so cool and so tough. He's like, you have to go, oh, you have cool. to go check it out. Because he did like a demo or something. Yeah, he did a little the, demo. Uh-huh. And so I got on their website and one thing that I really enjoyed about their website right away was there was a lot of description about why do we bow? Mm. Um, is um, you know martial arts? If I bow, is it is there? A, you know, do I have to partake in any kind of weird religion? Or uh-huh. there was just all of this dialogue that was very open and very calming, mm. and 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 instantly I was like, okay, I gotta go,
0: and kind of took away the mystery of like yeah yeah that yeah. sensei uh- student. Yeah, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So
1: I made an appointment and went down. And the minute I walked in and he stood up and we shook hands, I knew we'd be friends. Hmm. I knew it. I just instantly knew we'd be friends for life. And I was lucky enough that that so far has been true. (laughs) Um, And started training um, at his dojo uh, that he and his wife owned at the time. And she was also a white belt. Uh-huh. Um, she had a black belt that she got when she was a teenager, twelve or thirteen years old, in Mm-hmm. And but she was starting as a white belt at the wow. school, and so um, we trained together for seven years.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. And what about martial arts now? You know, can you give me like the the rundown of? how it makes you feel and just what it's done for you. I know that's a giant question. Now it makes my body hurt. <laughs> okay. That is fair. <laughs> that is probably true. Okay. The heart and soul of it. Then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's clarify that.
1: Um, martial arts. Um, it's really hard to quantify it because it, it did so many things for me. Um, I, I, it raised my awareness of the importance of, even though that was the reason why I started with self-defense, mm-hmm. it really enhanced and raised my awareness of the importance of that, okay? Um, of being able to defend yourself and being aware of your surroundings and being in um, the physical shape to be able to do that. And even if you even if you're um, elderly, Or a child, and you may not have like the most physical strength, Mm. you still have the tools within yourself to take care of yourself and defend yourself. And um, I was thinking about this the other day that I essentially created a weapon, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was really not the intent, Mm -hmm. but essentially that's what happened is. Of yourself. I created a a little bit of a weapon of myself. Mm. um, To, and just like with any weapon, you have to. You have to hone it and mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to it. You have to respect it. Yeah. Um, and keep it sharp. Yeah. <laughs> wield i <it>? have neglected <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> lately.
0: Do you feel safe in your bed at night when Sean's not there? Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, <then. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Right? A little weapon of mass destruction there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be some destruction. <laughs> um, should someone come into my home? Yes. Um, but if you look at it from a from an emotional standpoint or a or a self-improvement standpoint, you can't, you can't I, I have a hard time always when people ask me that question, articulating about how it's changed me or what mm-hmm. it's done for me as a person. Because I <clears throat> I don't I know how I feel about it, and I know how important it was to me to. Break boundaries, hmm. And I did that over and over and over again. I didn't start karate until I was, you know, early thirties. Uh-huh. So it's not like I had this lifetime yeah. of martial arts experience. Right. Um, or the youthful body of, of an 18 year old absolutely. or whatever. Yeah. And, but I was in the best shape of my life mm. when I, when I did my black belt testing at four at older than 40 right so which is a a total testament
0: to your years of training and
1: it just it broke a lot of boundaries um for me both mentally and physically Mm -hmm. um because it's hard yeah you know it's it's not the kind of rush through system of yay Mm -hmm. you know two katas and here's your belt right it was not like that
0: no no as you well know yeah
1: um And it was incredibly taxing physically from, you know, jump spinning kicks to, you know, sparring to eventually jujitsu being incorporated. Right. Um, it was an incredibly robust protocol um, and program Mm -hmm. for martial arts, which we loved, all of us loved it. Um, but I, I would, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that would say, that they did not learn more about themselves mm-hmm. training at that school than, than the other.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I agree. Um, what is... Like, can you tell me something that was... I mean, was there a specific experience ever, either in a rank test or on your black belt, you know, in your back, black belt out days or training, um, that was just kind of like... <laughs> like one of the most intense things of, of your life or, you know, just oh, yeah. something interesting from, <laughs> from those training experiences. There was a lot. Of that. <laughs>
1: um, but I think the most significant was um, at my black belt test. So, you know, for people listening, the, the black belt test at our school was a series of tests mm-hmm. um, and they came in the form of out trips and you had to pass each out trip before you could go and move on to the next and they got progressively harder mm-hmm. um, and more terrifying. Right. Um, and there was a lot of unique moments from from each of those experiences. Um, my very first out trip, there was a moment where you had to carry this huge boulder, mm-hmm. not like bigger than your body, but yeah, a pretty a de- heavy, a pretty big, decent sized boulder um, <laughs> up the side of this cliff, mm-hmm. um, and. I was smiling, doing it, and one of the people that was testing with me, he was like, "What are you smiling at? <laughs> What's your problem?" This is horrible. You know, right? And I said, "This reminds me of something," and it reminded me of, of elk hunting with my family. Huh? Um, and you know, you have a an animal that you've harvested, and you have to get it out of the canyon that yeah. it's in, and you have to pack it out uh-huh. essentially, and it's excruciatingly hard yeah um and i remember my very first experience my brother came up next to me and he and he could tell that i was just completely just depleted yeah and we weren't even halfway up the mountain yet <laughs> and he said just take 10 steps oh wow and then we'll rest yeah and so we did we took 10 steps and we mm-hmm. rested and he said okay 10 more steps and 10 more steps, mm, that's and, 10 more steps. and so it was really it was it, the flashback to that from my first out trip mm-hmm. was like just ten steps, Wendy. That's all you got to do. Wow, just ten more steps.
0: And that's the so the truth because it's like literally in the moment mm-hmm. in those really hard experiences, mm-hmm. all you can you can't think about the end range or the whole picture. Oh yeah, and
1: you you have no idea when the end is going to exactly. come. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've already put your body through complete hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other was at the actual black belt test. You go through this nightmare experience and your body's just filleted mm-hmm. and um you're you and your group or you get a, a, some time to kind of regroup yourself and then sensei evan at the time not not young Evan, not young evan the other evan <laughs> the elder <laughs> the elder evan um he called me up and he said your test begins now <laughs> were you like, wait, what? I, that's pretty much <laughs> what I, it's like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I thought to myself, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. This is, I don't know how much more my body can take. Mm-hmm. And for someone to say that to you, your test begins now after everything that you've like just gone Like six or through. seven hours of crazy Ridiculous craziness. amount yeah. of, of just physical torture. Mm-hmm. It's not torture. Um, Collective torture. Collective torture <laughs> that we pay for. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, your your mind starts to play tricks on you. Of a course. Bit. Uh, and you, you that's at that at this that moment when you make the choice. Mm. Am I done, or do I go for it? And that's the intent of the mm. test. It's like your test begins now. Now is your choice. Do wow. you do you quit? Which how could you quit? At, yeah, how then? many years right. of training? Right, and hours. but a lot of people have. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and and you go for it, and and that's that's been so so tra- uh, transformative into my normal life. When you face anything that seems like this gargantuan mountain that you have to to, to take, whether yeah. it's you, you know the death of a family member or the loss of a job or you know, anything that just seems like too much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, okay, your test begins now. Wow. Even though you've gone through all that pain, all that heartache, all of it, there's the hard part is still in front of you. Yeah. And if you can take those 10 steps, if you can, if you can just keep going, mm-hmm. there's always going to be another mountain.
0: Always.
1: <laughs> it's right? So true. And so you just, you got to take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, For me, that was definitely the most pivotal.
0: That's amazing. And it sounds like something you've really been able to thread into your entire life, you know, from that.
1: Yeah, it becomes second nature. Uh Uh-huh. It's just you just it's not an alternative. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? You 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 have that, um, for lack of a better word, you just have that black belt mentality. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't have a choice. This is what I do. I forge ahead. Right. No matter what. That's amazing. Yeah. Um,
0: out of your martial arts or during your martial arts training, I know you um, you and some other folks got together to create the foundation. And I'd love to um, and thank you for sharing all that about your oh, sure. black belt journey. Sure, it's something I'm I'm very much in awe of and um, you know aspired to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our school has since closed, but mm-hmm. we're all doing different things still and working toward black belt in other ways in our oh, lives. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But, um. So, yeah, I'd love to kind of segue over to the Good Thought Good Action Foundation.
1: That came from um a couple things. So, when I was a brown belt, maybe brown 2, I think it was brown 2. We had a young man in our school um that was super talented. Um he was uh just getting ready to start high school. Mm-hmm. And um Strong, talented, excelled at martial arts, and um, when he started high school, his parents decided to pull him out hmm. of karate, and I was really kind of bummed out about that. Sure, yeah. Um, and they their answer was he cannot earn a full ride scholarship to go to college by doing karate. Huh. But he might have the opportunity with football or right. basketball or wrestling. Ugh, that's so heartbreaking, <laughs> right? And I. <sighs> I just had a hard time with that. I was like, and I get, I get it. And Mm -hmm. they, and they made a good choice because he excelled at football. He went to college, you know, they made the right choice for their son. Right. I get a natural athlete. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And I appreciate all of that. And I thought, why is there not, why is there not something like that available for martial artists? Hmm. You know?
0: Right. Um, yeah, it's something you wouldn't even really think about. No.
1: So my brain kind of started working, and at the same time, unbeknownst to me, one of the other um, dojo ladies was, we had gone through a a recession, and we were seeing fewer and fewer families and um, students participate in in tournament travel Uh and going and competing. Right. Um, which is such an awesome part of martial arts. It's an integral part of mm-hmm. your martial arts training mm-hmm. competition just in general is I think for, for any athlete, Yeah. you know, even if you only compete one right. time, it's game changer. It, it is a game mm-hmm. changer. And it, it just gives you an entirely fresh perspective on you as an athlete and your training and where you want it to go right. and, and be inspired about, holy crap, I, I can achieve this maybe someday. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, if we digress back to my my first motorcycle race, um, I remember telling myself, I will win this race someday. Wow. I will. And I did. It took me a long (laughs) time. But I did. It took me a very long time. But um, anyway, this dojo mom, she asked Christina, the dojo owner, you know, why aren't aren't families participating in this tournament travel? And Mm -hmm. it's such a great experience. And she said, it's expensive. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, and, to travel and to stay somewhere mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to pay for the entry or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. entry
1: fees, um, all of that. Yeah. And the, you know, the more divisions that you compete in, the more expensive it gets. Mm-hmm. If you have more than one kid or if you want to participate too, and, you know, it can be an incredibly expensive experience. And so um, she said, we, have, we need to do something about that. Huh. And Christina had said, well, you know, I've been talking to Wendy and she has kind of this idea about call a scholarship program Mm. and maybe you two should get together and, and talk about it. And so she and I did, huh? Synchronicity right there. Yeah, totally. And, um, I shared with her, my ideas and she shared with me her ideas and, and on top of all of that, um, the martial artist who created the Bushido Kai system, Stuart Kwan Mm. had since passed. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was so inspirational to so many people including my, our sensei, mm-hmm. that I wanted a way to kind of remember him that just didn't fade away.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so we started talking about that and that seed was planted huh. and eventually we got a nonprofit status for the good thought, good action foundation. That's incredible. And the good thought, good action comes from the, the school creed, I guess, essentially is what you call it. You know what does every good martial arts student have? Mm-hmm. Good thoughts, good, good action. actions. Yeah, and that's true with anything in your life, whether you're a martial arts student or not. You know how do you get through life if you if you think unhealthy things about yourself about right. other people? You know that tends to manifest itself. It, yes, in, exactly. In, in unhealthy, not good ways. Right. And so keeping the good thought, good action in the front of your mind, it just seems like the perfect name for the foundation. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how it incepted. That's amazing. And what year was that 2000, approximately? Uh, we met in 2010. Mm-hmm. And I think we didn't get our nonprofit status until like January 2011.
0: Okay. And tell me about yeah. what kinds of events you guys are doing these days.
1: We, <laughs> we whittled it down to one. <laughs> <laughs> well, for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> um, yeah, fundraising is, is, it's fun. But is it a boulder?
0: It, it's a <laughs> it's huge boulder that you boulder have to carry. Steps. It is a huge boulder to carry.
1: Um, you have to be creative. And Central Oregon is—I mean, it's—it's it's a big community, but it's saturated, yeah. with with events. nonprofits and events we have and so many and events here. So many businesses get requests almost on a daily basis to donate funds to one cause or another. Sure. Absolutely, and so it's. You know, it's a little bit of an uphill battle and plus raising awareness. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not saving the turtles and we're mm-hmm. not, you know, you know, saving the kids and feeding the hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, in some
0: ways we're saving the kids. In <laughs> some way we are saving the kids, right?
1: Keep them engaged in the sports that they love. Exactly. Um, so it's, it was a little bit of an of an uphill battle and, and we created a variety of events, uh, martial arts tournament, which was successful and fun for, you know, eight or nine years. Yeah. Or, um, so fun. And so I fun. loved
0: that it was always various schools. So we got mm-hmm. to, you know, our wow. training it, is a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then we got to see, you know, Wushu and some of the other mm-hmm. types of martial arts that are out there. So it was very uh, eye opening and mm-hmm. enlightening and unique yeah. experience. The
1: martial arts tournament, having it locally, was was the opportunity to feed the other co-founder, Patty, to feed her tournament travel, her desire mm-hmm. to introduce schools into, you know, tournament participation right. and have it local. Yeah. So that um, it could be cheaper. So mm-hmm. that it could be yeah. cheaper. But mm-hmm. we did have several schools from out of town. Yeah. That it was came so and great. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was one. Um, we, and the title of the tournament was face your fears. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we created a face your beers event. Of course, <laughs> it is Central Oregon. I was going to say we live in the, the craft beer the mecca, mecca. Right. so why not face your beers? Please drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> and that no, was <laughs> no sparring after too much beer either. Yeah. I've right. seen that happen. <laughs> so it was a, a raffle, literally just a fundraiser, fun thing at the end yeah. of the year. Um, beers were five bucks. Cakes were donated. Mm-hmm. Um, All the raffle items were donated, and it was just a super fun, very festive kind of way to end the year. Nice community
0: event, for sure.
1: And then, you know, the seed was planted for for an obstacle race, Mm -hmm. and that's when American Ninja Warrior was just kind of starting to get super popular, and um, the Spartan races were taking off, and, you know, the Tough Mudders, and, you know, all of those. We're becoming increasingly popular. And it's like, we can do that. And it's like, wait a minute, can we? <laughs> you wait, guys did. Wait, wait a minute. By the skin of your teeth, but you yeah, did it. Literally. literally. <laughs> um, and it, again, it wasn't... The, there was no desire to replicate what was already out there, right? Sure. We, there, first of all, the cost of putting on something like an American Ninja Warrior event, it would we weren't there. right? Um, nor would we probably ever be there. Mm. Um, just a set of scaffolding has got to be like $20,000 or whatever. Right. So that was not a realistic thing. Um, it, so a lot of kind of recon had to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to do a, a, a field study on you know what makes the most sense what you know what can we get donated how how do we build an obstacle course that isn't just like you know a lot of you know pulling and then a lot of running and then a lot of jumping right? yeah it, it had to it had to flow right it, it it had to be creative it had to be fun yeah um, and festive mm-hmm. and challenging yeah um, we wanted to have an elite division mm-hmm. and so how do you have an elite division and also have an event that is, that anybody it's doable. can do. Exactly. Um, without harm, hopefully. Yeah, right? <laughs> absolutely without harm. Um, and just provide a very fun, safe venue. Yeah. And we've done that two years in a row.
0: Yeah, I, I love that you do it at the Dee Dee Ranch, too, yeah. just because it's such an iconic Central Oregon place. Mm-hmm. It's gritty out there, you know, and um, your your race course was very gritty and fun mm-hmm. and, you know, creative, like you said, and just, you know, and, and very damp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was very damp. This way steep in some mud. Last year Water. was nice and dry. This year was pretty damp. Um, and there's, you couldn't, you can't find... Um, there's lots of beautiful places in Central Oregon, but that setting yeah. for that overlooking event, Smith Rock—it's yeah. so it's so epic. Right. I mean, it is a beautiful ranch and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful place. And luckily, they were very very open to to us being there. Mm-hmm. And they had held five Ks on the property years ago, so they already had like a natural trail system that went through the property, perfect. which was a great. Starting point, yeah, for us.
0: So then you could just go in and piece it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it the I know the work behind it is like three hundred fold of what <laughs> we experienced, right? Because I raced in it this year as a team with some dojo ladies, and you know, I just I recognize like how intense and incredible the effort was that you guys put forth, so that we could all have such a good experience and um, you know, make it a successful thing. So it's really incredible. We're really
1: lucky to have some really talented people in our lives Mm. that can build things. (laughs) (laughs) That's helpful. Right. (laughs) And be willing to donate, you know, the first year, you know, there was uh, some, some welders and some construction people that they donated every weekend for four or five weekends to help build
0: some of the obstacles. Well, Um, which is a testament to what you guys are trying to do. And I think that part is also speaks highly of our community in general, not just the martial arts community, Mm -hmm. but just our, our town that we Mm -hmm. live in. This Mm -hmm. great place, Bend, Oregon. Yeah. um, So let me ask you this, where do you go from here? What's your, what's on your agenda in your life? And, um, you know, martial arts is kind of behind you in some ways. Are you, looking toward doing more self-defense work or classes, or do you have any you know, things ahead of you that are inspiring for you?
1: That's a very good question. Um, yes, there are. Um, from my own physical fitness standpoint, because I've been so hard on my body, mm. um, from motorcycle racing and from martial arts, um, that I, my body is in need of a strength-building cushion, mm-hmm. almost. Um, if, if I thought that I could go back and start training in a dojo and, and perform well, I would do it. Yeah. Um, but I know that that's not who I am anymore. Um, that's certainly not who my body is. Right. My, my soul is like always there, <laughs> go into the CrossFit gym, start lifting weights, yeah. start doing right. And which is to say that I can't do that now. I mean, I can, yeah. I can scale back, but scaling back is just, yeah, just that's not, not your part persona. of my persona mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. Um, so I'm, I'm on the lookout for what's, what's the next thing mm-hmm. for me physically right now, motorcycling. I mean, preparing for, um, this month long, ride in Baja it will be incredibly taxing on my body mm-hmm. um but i'm looking forward to it cuz i know how much fun it's going to be yeah um but you know you as a doctor you know that and you're helping me with this find the right protocol mm-hmm. um physically to make sure that that i'm at the best i can be um for that experience sure um well and sustainability i
0: think is one of the biggest things in health that we uh, tend to forget about in our culture. It's like, you know, it's great to go kind of after things and all the accomplishments you've had in your life, but we also have to f- balance that with like your longevity, mm-hmm. you know, cause I want you to be out there doing all your cool stuff for the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how can we keep people's bodies sustainably healthy like that so that they're agile and able to, you know, do the things you want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. So that, you know, for me physically will be an ongoing, will be an ongoing, which is great. Cause I, I love to challenge myself sure. and my body. So when I find it, I'll know. Yeah. And I'm actually super excited about finding, focusing on the motorcycling again, cause I focused great. on the martial arts for so long Right. <clears throat> that it's time to, to get back into the motorcycling piece of it. And that, that feeds my soul in a way that martial arts can never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I see things on my, on my dirt bike and my motorcycle that A lot of people will never see in their lifetime. Right. Um, so I feel incredibly fortunate about that. Um, professionally, um, my business partner of 12 plus years and I started our own financial services business. Wow. That's exciting. It's incredibly exciting. Um, and we're going to have, um, we're planning on, uh, having an event in May that really kind of incorporates the self-defense part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and from that, it actually incorporates the self-defense part of me that I love. Yeah. It incorporates that into... The Wendy weapon. The Wendy weapon. <laughs> the Wendy weapon. Oh, <laughs> God. I'm going to regret ever saying that. I created a weapon.
0: Okay, the warrior woman. The warrior there woman There we go. There That's go. better.
1: <laughs> um, because self-defense... You know, I did senior self-defense for a while, which I loved. I've helped you with it. You did. You were menacing, Michelle. (laughs) That's right. It's my attacker. Your attacker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you could get me with your cane and your walker, which was amazing. I loved that.
1: (laughs) And and they loved it. (laughs) Yes, they did. It was so empowering to watch. Very much so. And and I I loved sitting with those folks and and giving them some tools that Mm -hmm. they can use in their life. Um, And I've had a couple phone calls from some other professionals that are also friends that have... um, a equine therapy mm-hmm. business, yes. psychotherapy business, um, that know that, you know, I have a self-defense background mm-hmm. and, and they have a few, um, clients that are seeking some help in that area. Great. And so uh, I'm always eager to, to step in when I can. Yeah. And share that, that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And hopefully, you know, raise some awareness and make them strong and, and help them Break their boundaries. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this event in May—it's again—it's one of those things that just sits in your brain for a while, yeah. and then you feed it and feed the it seed. and feed it mm-hmm. and water it a little bit, and it's—I think we've come up with with a name for it: um, rising up—a mm, knowledge that. through power event, or a yeah, power through knowledge event, yes. something to that yes. experience. And it will really focus on, a lot of it is like defending your your benefit, defending yourself, defending your health, um, but empowering yourself to know what to do about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a a speaker that will talk about social security benefit, and a lot of people think, oh, that's a snoozer, I'm not going to go. Right. (laughs) Because it's, you know, it's kind of a poo poo thing that you don't think about. It's like, Oh my, you know, I might not even, there might not even be social security when I'm time to retire, but there's so much more to that benefit. You know, say your spouse dies Mm -hmm. or, um, or you get divorced and, and then your divorced spouse dies Mm -hmm. or you have, um, a child who is in need of, you know, is, is disabled and Mm -hmm. is in need of, of support. And understanding what benefit is out there for you right. for that. I mean, if you paid in the Social Security um, system through employment, there's benefit out there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And understanding how to help yourself and defend yourself financially is incredibly empowering. Absolutely. And it's, and it's again, it's, it's now. It's a now topic. Mm-hmm. It's not, well... I want to know what my, you know, everybody gets that statement from the Social Security Administration that sure. says, you know, if something happened someday you, if you retire today, <laughs> or if you retired in 97 years, yeah. you know, you would get $2,000 a month or whatever. Um, it's more than, it's so much more And than most that.
0: of us just aren't in the know about mm-hmm. these things. So. Well, and who wants to think about that? Yeah, true.
1: But when it ha- when, a, when a life-changing event happens, mm-hmm. it's good to even have an inkling of knowledge about, oh, I need to talk to my financial advisor or I need to go and call the social security administration and get educated. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be that piece. And then there's going to be a piece about estate planning. And again, it's one mm. of those taboo events. It's like, you'd be surprised at how many people are superstitious about death. Interesting. If they start to plan for it, they think it's going to happen. Huh? That's um, surprising to me. It, it is to me mm. too. But being in the business that I'm in, I see so many families ripped apart. Yeah. Um, even when they think no, we we my parents played, we get along well. They have a will, yeah. mm-hmm. they have a trust or whatever and you know, we're good. And mm-hmm. then it just the reality of it but on top of the grief yeah, it's and traumatic. the stress, mm-hmm. it's it just rips families apart and yeah. it's it's unfortunate. It doesn't always happen, but pretty often mm-hmm. it happens. And so there's um, there's a topic essentially it's called the family love letter mm-hmm. and it is about preparing for that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a booklet that you fill out, um, that you put away that you update every now and again. And it's not just like, here's how you fill out your book. It's not that kind of conversation. It's an entirely different conversation about, about planning. And that's why it's called a love letter. It's like, you know, here, this is my gift to my family right? so that that you don't have to think about this stuff when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. You can, you can grieve grieve and move through it it together as a family Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about what medication my bird's on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's a real nitty gritty of life. Well, and you know, all of a sudden statements start showing up from random banks or random life insurance (laughs) companies. And it's like, what is this? Uh I didn't, what is this? And the, the, attacking part of that, it's just like, it's just easier just like, I'm going to tuck it away. Mm-hmm. And then a huge, sometimes huge financial benefit comes from that. And not that a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't want to benefit from you know the passing of my parent or the right. passing of my spouse. Nobody wants to benefit no, from that. but it's... But there's a reason there's life insurance. That's right. Right? And it eases the stressors on mm-hmm. that person's life mm-hmm. in yes, the there's future. A, there's a reason people invest significant amounts of money in those products mm-hmm. every year. Right. Because... They don't want their family to not only feel financially strapped yeah. while they're emotionally strapped. On top of the grief, yes. So that's a great, that'll be a great topic. Mm-hmm. And then my business partner will talk about you know, the financial part of it. You know, how, how do you protect your capital from large losses? Mm-hmm. And then how do you grow your capital for all the things that you want to do in your life? Yeah. And um, he's, he's been around in the business over 50 years. And he he will have a wonderful a wonderful conversation to have, um, and then you will be there. <laughs> yes, um, talking I'm about honored to be there and be invited. Mm-hmm. Um, be there talking about your health and how important mm-hmm. self care is. Yes, um, emotionally, physically, sexually, mm-hmm. how to take care of yourself so that you can navigate through. All of these things in your life, especially if they all happen at once. Exactly. I mean, I think that's the thing is we just don't know
0: what life has to offer. And we never know. I mean, the only predictable thing about life is that it's unpredictable. And so if we're not prepared on all those fronts, you know, then we are going to struggle. And it's unnecessary struggle Mm -hmm. in general, I think. I think we can all thrive in adversity, and I think that's kind of the ultimate testament to our preparedness, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to be able to navigate the changes that come
1: our way that are inevitable in life and our journey here. And we don't really think about how it really affects us internally, like how quickly we get dehydrated, mm-hmm. how, how quickly stress impacts our body, our organs, our skin, nervous our nervous system, our nervous system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. um, and if we don't address those and do it on a regular basis, that's right. Um, then you just, you're, you're, adding insult to injury. That's right. Essentially. Yeah. Um, consistency is the name of the game. Honestly, with everything. With, all I things. Mean, with everything. That's and and right. again, that brings it all back to a self-defense thing. If, if you don't, if you don't hone your weapon, mm-hmm. it's going to get dull. That's right. And that, that means you can't just take one self-defense class. Mm-hmm. You need to take, Twenty, Yeah. Right. You need to do it over and over and take it from different people and learn different technique and practice with your friends and, and same thing with self-care, same thing with your finances. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to hone those weapons. And I
0: think also, I mean, a big part of kind of my new protocols with my patients and in my own life is surrounding ourselves with relationships that are healthy and inspiring. And so sometimes that looks like coaches. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it looks like mentors. Sometimes it looks like, family members, you know, or just people who have um, the skills that they can share. So I love that you're looking at creating an event that does bring, you know, some of those high caliber folks together to share their knowledge so that other people can benefit.
1: Thank you. It's, I'm really looking forward to it. And then we'll get all of those people together on a panel Mm. and we'll have an open question and answer session. Wonderful. And then we'll break into the really fun stuff. And Mm -hmm. the last part of the event will be an actual self-defense class. Um, it'll be, you know, do you need a menacer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Step in menacing Michelle. Um, and it's not going to be like we get rid of the tables and have mats down. Sure. Right. It's going to be, you know, I I haven't totally formulated how it's going to look. Um, but it will it'll be engaging yeah. and I it will that. be uh, an awareness raising and mm. it, it will just be all of those things that, that you will tell yourself, there's so much more to learn about this. And it's so much fun that I want to go take this self-defense class, or I want to go and take this free thing, or I want to go train here or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that when you walk away from that event, you are feeling like you are so empowered because now you have. Not only do you have little tidbits of knowledge that you can take and retain it, but you now you have resources. Yes. You know who to call. Yeah. Who are you gonna call? Mm-hmm. Right. You have. You have someone that you can rely on to give you guidance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, should, should be really fun. I think it's
0: great. So let me, um, as we kind of close here, is there a way people can reach you to find more? information out or do you have a website or do you know how that's gonna pan out
1: well since our business is so new we mm-hmm. literally opened um October 11th congrats October 12th <laughs> a month ago <laughs> thank you that's wonderful um I'll even though I have a website address on the uh-huh. back of my business card yeah, it's not active it's not yet. There yet um so you can always call um our main office line five, four, one, three, three, zero, five, five, zero, eight. Okay. Ask any questions. You can always call me on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the name of your business? It's called sand Creek investment partners. Okay, great. Um, and Bill and I are always available, Wonderful. um, during the work week to have a discussion, answer questions, do consulting, um, any questions you may have about the financial stuff. And then if you want to have a conversation about self-defense or fitness or, or anything that you want to talk about, I'm always available. I love yes. having those kinds of conversations. Yeah,
0: so. you're one of the most inspiring people. I I love talking to you always. Thank you. Um, and I will try and keep things update, updated on my website too, which is drmichellem.com. So as your event kind of starts to come to fruition,
1: then I'll make sure that I can link some things on my website too. That'd be great. Yeah, we'll have, um, we're will have. now working on the the artistry part of it. Mm. Um, we've engaged Flipside visual again Yay. with Joanna Larson. Yes. She's incredible as always. Um, she'll be helping make the flyers and the posters and the postcards and invitations and stuff to that. So yeah, stay tuned. So exciting. Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram too. It's wicked ho, um, <laughs> or on Facebook under Wendy Homan, H O H M A N. And we'll be posting things
0: great i can't wait to watch as you you know shine even more brightly this year thanks um wendy thank you so much for your time today this was really wonderful (laughs) thank you for having to hear your stories more in depth and um you know you're just an inspiration like i said and I think that all of us have the capability to be warrior women or men. Indeed. And, um, you know, tapping into that takes a lot of effort and consistency and grit. And mm-hmm. you display that in all aspects of your life. So thank you. thank you for sharing yourself with us today. Thank you. All right. So this is our, uh, the end of our episode here today. And look forward to some more exciting things about body, brain, and soul coming your way from Dr. Michelle's Wild Warrior. Have a wonderful day. And thank you again for your time.